Welcome to the DP30 Emmy Audio Pod. On today's show, we own the city's John Bernthal. So, how are you? Uh, I'm 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 really well. I appreciate you. Uh, I, I appreciate you talking to me. Well, I'm happy to. I mean, I'm I was I would have been happy to you know years ago, but I'm really happy to after uh, we own the city. Thank you. Which is pretty amazing work, but seemingly closer to you than a lot of the other work you've done. Closer to me because I'm from Washington. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, I, I, I mean, I, I think uh, you know people, pe- people from that area know, you know, you know, DC and Baltimore are are extraordinarily close. I think a lot closer than anyone could really uh, imagine. I mean, it's it's you, you can make it there if you if, if if you drive like I do, you can make it there in 30 minutes. But uh, so you DC so, people always look down on Baltimore people. I know. You know, I. I don't know about all that. I, I just feel like we're just so wildly different. I, I just feel yeah. like, you know, growing up in that city, just one city has nothing to do with each other. And, and, and yet they're so close. And culturally, I feel like they're so different. I, I, there's a completely different vernacular. There's a completely different, it, it, it just, it just, they have a completely different feel. And, um, you know, I, I, I think the way, it, it, you know, they, they eat different food in Baltimore. It's just, it's very different. So did you slum in Baltimore? <laughs> I'm from Baltimore, so that's why I'm saying it. <laughs> You're a Baltimore guy, huh? I, I'm from okay. Pikesville. Okay. Um, as a child, I fell in love with it. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I absolutely. Baltimore is like right in the center of my heart now. I, I absolutely <laughs> fell in love with it, and um, I, you know, I, I, I felt like it was this like unbelievable discovery too, because I, I love DC, and 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 DC has changed so much, and. Um, I, I feel like sort of the DC that I grew up in is kind of vanished in a lot of ways. And um, I don't know, it was just this great, great discovery of, of Baltimore. And, and, and I think um, I'm, I'm really grateful to the people of that city that, 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 that they embraced the show and they embraced what we were trying to do there. So this guy, well, I mean, your career, well, firstly, you're fast. You're, you've got all kinds of interesting things going on. And by the way, feel free to wander interrupt or whatever this is how kind of this works it is to have a chat really but you, it's you seems like you went through your youth as a physical guy going out and doing your whole family seems to be this thing where you're really physical and really intellectual at the same time stories about your grandfather your parents everybody it, it seems like this is a theme that is kind of the angle of your family yeah i think i, I think there's a lot of that i mean that's a good you know listen it's it's, it's something I'm dealing with now in, 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 in raising my kids. You, you, you know, I, I, I think um, athletics uh, and, and, and being physical, uh, I, I'm, I'm extraordinarily indebted to it. I, I, I feel like I learned so many lessons about life, uh, about competition, about uh, drive, about pushing myself, about um, winning and losing. And, and, and I, I think there's no way that, you know, I would sort of be able to do what I, I do with, without sports. And I, I, I think, you know, my kids are athletes and, and, and now it's, it's, it's complicated these days, you know, you know, raising athletes, it's much different than I think when I was young and, and, and certainly from, from my father, my grandfather, but yeah, you know, I, 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 I do think that um, it is, it's, it's, um, there's a, there, there's a lot of college and professional athletes in in my family. It was something that you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what your own relationship with it is. I, I, I feel like in, in, in my house, it was pretty healthy. It was something that I felt like we all wanted to do. I felt like we weren't really necessarily pushed into it. Um, 
but it is, it is, you know, I grew up with, 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 with all boys. It's, it's, it's what we did. It is what we did in that house. So how did you end up making a transition to acting? You know, I went to, uh, I went to college, uh, you know, to, to, to play sports and, um, I, I took a class really on accident to, to you know, get rid of a, an arts requirement. And I, I ended up in a, a serious intro to acting class. I thought I was gonna go to a class with hundreds of people and, and, and watch movies. That was the intro to theater. But um, you talked about the intellectual side of my family. That was not really my forte. I, I had the physical <laughs> thing kind of down, but I was, I was quite the black sheep when it, when it came yeah. to the, the other side. And I wasn't the most motivated student. Um, I wanted the easiest path, honestly, possible. And um, I wound up in this class and with this woman, Alma Becker, as a teacher, and it, 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 it changed my life. Uh, I, the, the, the first assignment that we had to do was to bring in something that was enormously important to us and share it with the rest of the class. And um, I couldn't believe these, I'd never been around actors before. I couldn't believe how emotive they were and how willing to share they were and how seriously they were taking this goofy ass assignment, which was just to share something with the rest of the class. But ultimately it came to my uh, turn to share and I didn't have anything. So I grabbed my catcher's glove and I, I launched into a story about how my mom had, had given it to me on her deathbed, even mm. though she was alive and well in DC. <laughs> I was crying my eyes out. Everybody in the room was crying their eyes out. And you know, this, this teacher, Alma Becker, who, who eventually married my wife and I, she became a minister and married us, um, she kind of uh, ripped me apart for violating the sanctity of her studio. But then she also said, hey, you know, you have something. And she, uh, she pushed me to audition for the, for the college play. And that was really it. You know, Alma, Alma found something in me. And I think it really speaks to the power that, you know, a, a teacher uh, can have in, in, in someone's life. Um, no uncertain terms. I feel like she sort of saved my life. I, I, I feel I, she, she was the one who had me move to Moscow to go study acting. Um, and um, she became just a, a, a beacon for me and a prophet for me and um, absolutely changed the course of my life. I, I, um, I owe her a lot. So what is the light that turned on that when you started acting that you loved? You know, I think, um, I think it was a few things. I think for one, it was the first time I could tap into an energy where um, I could, um, I did this, this energy of, of, of real reckless uh, abandonment where I, I, I always was really attracted to danger. I was always uh, mm. kind of a risk taker. I think coming from a home and coming from an area where I was pretty protected, uh, I didn't have to worry about much. Um, people had my back. Um, I always wanted to try to explore the most dangerous uh, nooks and crannies of the city. I always was looking to kind of push the envelope in every way I could. And that led to a few things. Number one, it led to me constantly being in trouble, but two, constantly sort of receiving this energy from both my peers, but more importantly, I think from adults that I was, you know, I was kind of a mess up and I was kind of, uh, I was no good, I had no value. Um, I was a pretty good athlete, but not good enough to, to really be celebrated by my community. But when I got on stage, uh, you know, I, 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 I always pushed the envelope. I, I, I tapped into that same, uh, you could call it mis mischievous, but I think more important, it was, it was reckless. I, I, I loved the danger of it. I loved mm. scaring the people that I was on stage with. I loved scaring the people in the audience. And then when it was over, they, they applauded. And, and, and adults actually said, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're good at this. And um, it's, it's very powerful, I think, for 
for somebody who, who, who hasn't had much of that in their life up to that point. And um, I, 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 you know, it sounds, um, I don't know, I, I, it sounds grandiose, I'm sure, but I, I really did sort of find a, a spiritual connection through it. I, I really felt like this was something that I was, I was meant to do. And it was the first time in my life, but again, as a dad now, it's, it's the biggest mm -hmm. gift that you can hope for your kids that they find something that they absolutely love. And I was ready to walk through walls for it. I was ready to just, I mean, it was the first time I discovered that when I had a problem in, 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 in acting, when something wasn't clear, you know, I'd get a 40 ounce and maybe, you know, two blunts of marijuana and I'd go into the studio and sometimes I wouldn't come out for 13, 14 hours mm -hmm. until I found it. And I could just be in a room communicating with something else and I could find anything that way. And uh, I'd never been able to solve problems like that with anything else that I, I found. I'd get frustrated or I'd leave it or I'd walk away or, or, or I'd, I'd lament about the fact that I'm not big enough or strong enough or fast enough, but I, I, I could find it if I just stayed in there and stayed grinding and stayed, you know, trying to scare myself. And it's something that I'm, I, I, I hold in as much wonder now as I did when I was a kid. Do you find, do you, I mean, Walking Dead, you came on, blew up in the world suddenly but with that same reckless energy and that intensity um, audiences got to see in that in a large number, was that something that was the work you were doing? Were you playing other roles that were not as, as physical and not as brutal? Or was that kind of who you were as an actor at that point? I think I, I think with Walking Dead, I, I had never had an opportunity like Walking Dead. I mean, I think a lot of people say, oh, that's the first time you know, they saw you because they didn't see the 10 years where I was, right. you know, I had no money in my bank account and I was struggling and crying into my pillow to my, my girlfriend who's now my wife. You know, I, I think Walking Dead was just such an unbelievable opportunity in so many ways. I, I, I think number one, Frank Darabont is just a national treasure of a, of, of a writer. You know, he was just truly one of the best this country's ever had. So the, the, the words were just great. And, 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 and almost never do you get a role where there's these these clear buoys in the water, this this clear beginning, middle, and end. I mean, that that character mm -hmm. Shane started out as this guy's best friend, and it was clear. And then he was gonna be with his wife, and then kind of go crazy and try to take his wife, and then he was gonna try to take him, and ultimately, you know, die tragically. And and knowing that before it started, you, you know, strategically, I I, I could mm -hmm. I could sort of dole out this performance and I could, I could plant these flags along the way, which is such an unbelievable opportunity and just know if I really push this here, I know I'm getting here so I can go all the way this way. So it'll be the longest journey to get here. And I'd never been in that situation before. And then I think also just that cast was so just unbelievably special. You know, there's yeah. still some of my best friends in the world. I think I look at that period in my life. I, I, I was just getting married. I you know, I, I, I was about to have my first child. I, I, was, I was working on this show that I believed in so much among these young artists, who many of whom also had young families. So I could learn so much about the balance of being an artist and being a, a father and a husband mm -hmm. uh, and just a spouse period from, from folks like Sarah Wayne Callies and Andrew Lincoln and Norman Reedus and learn from Jeffrey DeMunn and Scott Wilson and have friendships with, with, with Stephen Young. I mean, it was such a beautiful group of people and it was such a humble beginning. There was no, no one thought that show was going to be what it was. We were the weird zombie show on the, on, on, on the cool Mad Men network that nobody really wanted to have around at parties, you know? So we had each other and we were in the woods and we all believed in, in each other and what we were doing. And, 
it, it was one of the happiest periods of my life. So do you feel um, like, cause you, I mean, part of your career since then has been stuff where you're going very against, like King Richard going way against the expectation of what you've played. And then you've played people like the Punisher where you've really hit that note in a different way, but you know, in a similar energy, I guess, is that- So, I, I, I mean, I think a lot of times people sort of wonder whether, you know, you do Lee Iacocca and Ford Ferrari or King Richard to sort of like play against type or, right. I, I don't know, I, I, I never think in those terms, you know, probably much to the disappointment of my, my agents. I, I just don't, you know, for me, I, 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 um, I feel so blessed, uh, honestly, man, to, to, be, to be doing this and, you know, um, you work so hard and then if, 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 if you finally get to a place where you actually get some choices, I mean, it really does feel honestly like, like a miracle that you have to honor. So I, I, I try to not let these decisions, I try to not let things like, you know, career or, well, they've seen a little bit of this. So I got to show them that I try to ignore that and, and, and just let my, my, you know, be an artist and, and, mm -hmm. and pick projects that speak to me, work with people I'm dying to work with, uh, jump into something where I really feel like I have something to say and, and, and that the character will access a part of me that I'm, I'm really scared to share. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by or I know what will, will challenge me. And, you know, I, 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 I always hear these things of like, you know, the, 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 these, these terms like, you know, masculinity and, 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 and fierceness and strength and, and bravado. And, and, you know, to me, I, I've said it before, but I, I think Rick Macy from King Richard or Lee Iacocca is every bit as, you know, masculine as, as Frank Castle from The Punisher. I, I, I just think, you know, we've, 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 we've uh, completely just bastardized these, these terms to think that they just are about being brutish or, or, or right. you know, toughness or masculinity is about, you know, uh, uh, violence or being hard. And, and, and I believe in discipline and I believe in being able to defend yourself. And I'm, I'm, I'm raising my sons and my daughter to be able to defend themselves. I'm, I'm very grateful for that. But, I, but also I, I think equally it's about, you know, being kind and empathetic and open and, 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 and honest. And I think, you know, the real, the real you know, the warrior code, you, you know, you, you practice calligraphy. You gotta be as in touch with your feminine as, as, as with your masculine. And, 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 and I, I, um, I, I just, I, I don't think in terms of how will this part sort of play with the last part, you know, you do this thing, right. you leave it all on the field and then it's, 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 it's what's coming next. And is it different playing them for you? Is that a Lee Iacocca different piece of work or is it the same process, the same? Look, there's, 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 there's definitely different. So, so like for Wayne Jenkins, you know, one of the things for, for Wayne Jenkins and we own the city, one, one of the things that drew me, I mean, look, I, I would walk through walls to, to do that. I'm a huge mm -hmm. David Simon, George Pelicanos fan, obviously, but also it was, it was, it was examining an issue that is unbelievably important to me and that I've had real life, you, you know, real just collision course with issues mm -hmm. of race and policing. Um, it's really affected my life. And, and I'm, I'm unbelievably frustrated at the state of discourse in this country and, and how we're approaching these huge issues. We approach it with these agendas and waving a flag from the polls and we can't have a conversation on these, the, the, these tough, tough issues of the day by diving into the nuance of it and digging into the wound of it. And I knew with David and George, this would be exactly that. But, but furthermore, and this gets to the process question that you asked, 
you know, I know with, with, with David and George, they have such resonance in the city of Baltimore. They, 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 they carry so much weight. They've decided to, to, to really live their whole lives there, to, their whole careers are there. The Wire has such resonance. You can't walk into the Baltimore Police Department and say, you know, we're here to tell one of the most ugly chapters of the story of this department. So, hey, you want to take me on a ride along? Hey, you want to take me on a drug raid? No, like they don't want to. But, but when you say, hey, it's from the creators of The Wire, you know, a lot of these guys, they still watch The Wire every year to remind themselves mm -hmm. to not take things personal, to remind themselves how much the system affects the individual. So, so for me, you know, process-wise, doing something like Wayne Jenkins meant go there three months early, you know, ride along every day in, in every district in the city from, from patrol to plainclothes flex units to SWAT raids on, uh, for drugs, for guns. Um, you know, I, I really was able to, to dive in to, 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 and get to know Wayne, his friends, uh, it, folks that he grew up with, people that he coached football with. Mm. I was able to dive in. So, so that's what that process requires and what it, you know, so, so that's what that is. I, I, I think with something like Lee Iacocca, you know, it's, it's much more about, you know, reading books and, and, and seeing how he fits into the overall story. And when you're working with a tapestry, uh, uh, James Mangold directs with, he knows exactly what he wants. And, and, and yes, these are real people, but they have to fit into the tapestry of the entire piece. Uh, yeah, I, I, again, I think with Rio in the city, the North star there is, is telling the truth. You know, yeah. these, these guys approach the work like journalists. So they're trying to tell the truth. So the more you get to know, I mean, I felt like, uh, I felt like a journalist while I was there. I was just digging into the city and, and, you know, most nights I, I would leave set and go right back to the, either the Southwest or the Eastern and, and, and go out on back on ride along with, with, with Nagovich or, or, or Sergeant Maggio. That's, that's just what I was doing. So the process differs in that way, but I think mm -hmm. kind of the, uh, the, 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 the living it and, 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 and trying to take sort of as deep a, a dive as I can, it's part of the criteria in, in choosing the project. How, how, how deep, how deep will I be able to kind of go here? And I, and I don't do that because, uh, you know, I, I, I don't do that because I, I take any sort of pride in, 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 in losing myself in a role. I'm just scared shitless of messing up. And, and I know if I can dive, the deeper I can dive, the more confident I'm going to be and the, the more chance I'll, I'll have of not feeling like a total and complete failure. I had this weird feeling through the entire time watching We Own the City that it was like a WPA era play. Like it was so much just what it is. It wasn't overly flashy. It wasn't trying to like make, it wasn't finding other points to make. It was just, here's reality. Take a look at it. Yeah. You know, look, I think one of the, one of the, 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 the hardest things about the show and one of my favorite things about it are the fact that the vast majority of folks you see on that screen are people that aren't actors. They're, 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 they're actually the real folks that they're portraying or they're just real folks from that world. They're, they're, I brought in so many police officers, especially flex unit cops and plainclothes unit cops around the city, folks that really, really knew Wayne really well. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the folks in the, the league, the, the lawyers, uh, the cops, folks on the street, a lot of those folks were real victims of the gun trace task force. So yeah. that adds uh, this level of authenticity, obviously, that we're so, you know, we're, we're familiar with from The Wire. I think Pat Moran is a local DC casting director, you know, yeah. really, right? Like started, started with, uh, she started acting. She was with John Waters in the beginning. 
right? And so it was like, yeah. oh, like let's bring these folks in. It was for for me as a as a kid growing up in DC, hearing that real Baltimore accent and seeing people that I just know that's not an actor. It was so fascinating. I was so obsessed with that level of authenticity. I'll tell you now, acting in that, um, when you're playing a character, you know, as big as Wayne Jenkins, you know, everybody, what they said about this guy is his, you know, love him or hate him. He walked into a room and everybody took notice. He was literally larger than life. And some people called him the greatest guy on earth. Some people called him the biggest asshole on earth, but like the arrogance was just, you, you, you know, sky high. And so to, to come into these scenes with folks that have never been on camera before that already the performance is so muted and quiet. And, and then I'm coming in, I, you know, there were times where I, you know, I felt like David Simon was about to club me over the head with his, you know, with his typewriter because, you know, I'm improv and I'm, I, I, but, 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 you know, that was a real challenge, but I think that for me was really where, you know, coming in with Ronaldo Marcus Green, the director of all six episodes, he and I had just done King Richard together. Um, he's one of my closest friends. Um, I, his family, my family are super close. We're going to work together forever. He's probably my favorite director to work with of all time. I just, I believe in this guy so much. What is it that he brings that makes him your favorite to work with? You know, a few things. I think number one is taste is impeccable. If you look at his casting and I, I, I you know, besides me, I, I think when you look at who he cast in King Richard to play Venus and, and Serena and all the sisters, I think when you look at in, in, in this show, when you go back and you look at Monsters and Men, his taste is just impeccable. He's, he, he leads with joy. He has this ability to walk onto a set and absolutely pulverize, pulverize any sense of hierarchy on set. So mm -hmm. everybody feels that all ideas count and, 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 and he knows, and I, I feel like that's uniform with all the greats. That's how Scorsese is. That's how Villeneuve is. It's, it's all ideas count. Everybody feel like you're hundred feet tall. Let's go put in, put in, put in. And I think a big reason why he's like that is, you know, he and I both played college baseball. We both mm -hmm. come from athletics. We have this, unbelievably cogent shorthand uh that that's all sports related i mean he will literally the way he directs me is he tells me okay it's the third inning you're down to literally you know your pitcher's struggling you got to go talk to him on the i mean everything is a sports analogy and so we speak each other's language that way and um but 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 but, but mostly i i just trust him and 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 that's 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 so that's so rare, you know, and, and, and I think for both of us, we were playing in someone else's arena, respectfully, and we were really, you know, grateful uh, and honored to be there. David and George, there's no words for how much we respect them. Nina Noble, this was the whole, this crew came from the wire. This is a Baltimore-based crew in, in one of the most brutal and beautiful cities on earth that I love with all my heart. And we're part, they welcomed us there, you know, we're there with them. They're not there with us. It's a, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and when there was resistance, you know, the guy that I looked to was Ray. And, and, and when I felt like, you know, these guys were not liking what I was doing with the dialogue or going in a direction that was too big, you know, it was, it was, it was, there was a lot of days that were fraught that way. And mm -hmm. I, and, and ultimately we all came together and I had a conversation with somebody today about it. I, I, I do believe that the best artistic, collaborations and situations that I've been a part of, there's always this sort of baseline level of tension. There's always this baseline, you, it, because that just means everybody cares. And mm -hmm. on this one, the thing that I can absolutely hold my head high on is that 
we did this for the right reasons. We did this paying respect and reverence to the victims. Um, that we did this and paid refer uh, uh, reverence and respect to the good people, the Baltimore Police Department, who are policing for the right reasons and come from the communities they police and have love for and from the communities that they police. And um, you know, we always held that first. That was always more important than making our day or making getting the scene as good as we possibly could. We always honored the real folks and the real folks were always present. We always shot the scene at the actual location of where it went down. And, mm. you know, that was, um, that was tremendously I I important to me and I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful. Jenkins seems to be a guy who really is a true believer in himself <laughs> for better or worse. <laughs> for, for better or for worse. Yeah, I, 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 look, I, I think again, it's, it's, it's how the system, you know, affects the individual. I think, you know, when you work at, I think it's interesting to explore the work slowdown in the wake of Freddie Gray. I think when you look at, you know, last year with George Floyd, and you look at the spikes in crime that went that, that have popped up all over, which happened for a number of reasons, but in a lot of reasons, you had real work slowdowns by police. And, and I think that when you look at that, and the way that that was com you know, combated, you know, the, what David and George really, I think, you know, bring to the forefront is that you had this almost athletic kind of uh, quota based scorekeeping in terms of arrests, in terms of guns you got off the street, amounts of money, drugs. So when you put it out like that, this was a guy that manipulated the system. This was a guy that said, hey, I'm putting numbers on the board. Nobody's coming close to what I'm doing. And, mm -hmm. and I am, I am that guy. I, you know, I kept saying, I am an elite athlete. Like I kept, you know, he, he was winning. He was, everybody in the city knew he was winning because he had points on the board. Nobody talked about the Fourth Amendment violations that, that he made to get those numbers or, or the innocent people that suffered from it and, and how many stops you have to make, how many engagements you have to make to be able to bring that in. And sometimes, a lot of the time, those engagements are not fair, but some of it is amazing policing. Right. Some of it is because he's so ingrained in the community. And you know, everyone in the Baltimore Police Department, whether you hated Wayne or you loved Wayne, you know, and the guys that really loved him back in the day a lot of their lives and a lot of their careers got really screwed up because of their proximity with him. And that's just mm -hmm. another uh, uh, sort of set of victims of police corruption and police brutality. It's the good men and women uh, of the police department, which there are tons of, they yeah. get screwed over by that kind of behavior. But, you know, everyone said he was a good cop. Everyone said he was amazing at, at, at what he did. And, 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 and again, I, I think that um, there was that dichotomy always with him. I, I, I think, you know, David Simon said right from the jump, it's really important you don't just play him as a monster. And I said, man, you're speaking my language. And I'll tell you, you know, as you know, Wayne Jenkins in Baltimore is considered a monster. Uh, mm -hmm. If you read those scripts, he was written as a monster. And that was a tough thing. It was a tough thing to balance. But, you know, to a person, every single person I spoke with, even folks, uh, again, whose lives have really been ruined by the guy, people that knew Wayne said he was an absolutely committed father. And that's something that I can, I, I can no. totally identify with and I can totally latch on to. There's nothing in the world more important to me than my kids, my wife. And, you know, there were times where Wayne would be with Donnie Steps staking out a drug dealer to go rob. They'd be staking him out for days and he'd get a phone call and say, you know, kid's having a bad day. He needs his dad. He would abandon it and just go right home. And, you know, I, I was able to convince Dave and George to put more of that into mm -hmm. the piece because I think that conflict of loving your kids so much, but also engaging in behavior that you know is wrong and you know ultimately will keep you from your kids. 
that's a lot of conflict. And when you start to spiral that out of control, I think you get into some really interesting sort of character dynamic and, 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 and you can make it really human. Um, so, so hopefully that came through. It's, uh, and I'm fascinated by you now moving on to American Gigolo as the next thing, because it's, it, 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 I mean, I guess Schrader is not involved with the series, but he, in some ways, like Simon has done through his career, Schrader was the guy who dealt with masculinity for, you know, the decade of his career, the 15 years of his career. That was his interest. He wrote about all kinds of men who went through those things. And here you are playing a guy who's very different, really, than, um, I, mean, I assume he's not a brooding macho guy. Um, and that there's much more of your feminine side in this, in this performance, but it's a kind of a fascinating transition to me. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, you know, I, I, I mean, right now we're sort of, uh, we're figuring a lot out with that show, you know, um, new showrunners and, and, and so much of it is sort of kind of up in the air and, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, that, 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 that's, that, that's certainly what originally attracted me to the uh, a project was this examination of, of, of masculinity, especially told through the lens of a, a, a traumatic uh, sexual abuse victim. That, that, that's interesting, you know, that that, that, that was sort of the, the draw in, um, you know? Um, yeah, I, I'd be curious to hear what you think. I'm, I'm, I'm curious too. Well, as a performer, I mean, I would think it, it would feel like a stretch for you as an actor, but it sounds like not so much. It sounds like this is, I mean, just in terms of the way we've talked about your career and how you see your your roles or your series of roles? Yeah, I mean, stretch. Look, I I will tell you this for 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 absolute certainty. Um, that was not a show that I was <laughs> uh, kicking down walls to do. I was uh, scared shitless uh, of it, and and um, had to really be um, convinced. And 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 uh, you know, again, it, it's um, it's a. Um, I learned a long time ago that j j just in life generally, it's something I, I tell my kids all the time, but especially in art, you know, things that um, scare you to your core, things that are, are inherently you, you think you can't do, those, those are sort of precisely the, the things that you should run towards with everything you have. And that's sort of where this is. And I, I'll tell you right now, I am uh, just as scared as I, I ever was, you know, with that project. Mm. So you, you, where you are in your world, in your career, in the work, in your family, it sounds like you're in a very fulfilled, focused place. Look, you know, I, th I think like, like everyone, as, as, as you move on with, with your life, I think you just, you, you become more aware and more certain that all that matters is time and, 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 and how you spend it. It's, it's, it's the whole thing. And, 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 you know, if you're blessed enough, uh, you know, I, I look, I, 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 I again, I, I, I do genuinely pinch myself sometimes that, you know, I, 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 I have a home and I have a family and I support them uh, by doing, you know, the thing that, that, that I love, that the activity that I love more than anything else. Um, I'm, I'm just as hungry as I was when I found this thing, I'm, 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 I'm still just as much in awe of it. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, st I'm still scared of it uh, the same way that I was. I, I, I recognize that it is so much bigger than me and that this, that, that, that like fatherhood 
this is never anything that you're going to lick. This is never anything you're just going to get right. You're going to fail and fail and fail. And uh, I love that. I, I, I do feel so grateful to be at this point in my life and know that I've got huge failures, you know, ahead of me and, and, and um, that I'm going to keep on banging up against this, this, this wall. And, and I, I, I want that. I want that for my kids. Um, but, 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 I, but I will say just, a, I do, I, I, I do have peace of mind now, um, which is something that I never had as, as a, as a young man, you know, I, I, uh, I have, I, I don't, have anything that I feel like I need to prove to, to, to anyone, to, to the world, uh, to anyone, j j just to my, my children and my, 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 my wife and to my, my, my friends and, and to really, you know, show up for them and, 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 and be there for them and, 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 and admit my failings and admit my mistakes and, and, and to be by their side and sometimes in front of them and sometimes behind them. But that's, that's, that's really my life. It's, it's, it's my work and it's my family. And, for that, I, 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 I have a lot of joy and I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for it. Well, we're, we're all happy to watch you beat your head against the wall. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> it's working out for us as an audience. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And, I really appreciate uh, yours. The series is extraordinary. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, it's funny because this is obviously Emmy time and all that, but I have no idea how everybody's going to sort through all this content now. Yeah. But it's really a landmark piece, I think. Thank you. So I think you should be, it, it, everybody should be very proud. Thank you. And uh, it's, it's an important film. So, or whatever we're going to call it. <laughs> <laughs> Limited series. There you go. Anyway, thanks again. Pleasure yeah, to meet really, you. It was really great to talk to you, man. I, I, I hope I get to see you in person sometime. Sure we will. Thank you. Take care. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye.